Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce, or I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way, How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one-stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast, where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hi there. I'm Laura Wasser. Welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast. This is the Sunny Side Up Report with me. And me, Johnny Rains. And this is where we kind of do a roundup of what's gone on during the week online, in the news, regarding marriage, divorce, dating, etc. So my first story is from foxnews.com, published on the 20th of January. A man accidentally played porn over the speaker system at his girlfriend's sister's wedding. Oops. Yeah, this is even worse than the foam wedding cake. Michelle Gant writes, A lot can go wrong at a wedding, but it isn't usually X-rated. One man has shared his embarrassing mistake explaining how he accidentally played porn over the PA system at his girlfriend's sister's wedding. Basically, he said everything was going fine on the day of the ceremony until the groom stood up for a speech and my phone automatically connected to the speaker and started playing what was on my phone last, which happened (laughs) to be porn from last night. Porn sounds started playing from the speaker in front of everyone, including the brides and groom's families. (laughs) (laughs) We continue or move on? (laughs) Evidently, uh, it seems like it's okay, but unfortunately, the man's girlfriend hasn't really spoken to him since the wedding, and he was asking the folks at Reddit if he could get some advice. Uh, I have some advice, dude. Don't don't. (laughs) Listen to porn on your phone. Is he listening to it or is he watching it? And that's what went. God only knows. And I mean, it's funny because it does go on to say in the article before we move on. Let me just this is a quote. My dad did the same thing once when I got in his car and it auto connected to his phone. No sound came out, but the URL for the porn site showed up as the song title. He was mortified. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) all right. This one comes to us from Reader's Digest. Caitlin Chamberlain wrote what I wish I'd known before getting divorced. Making the decision to get a divorce is never an easy one. We know that here at Divorce Sucks. While these men and women don't regret ending their marriages, these are the valuable lessons they learned. I believe this one is also on our Facebook page at It's Over Easy because it is a good compilation of some things that people wrote in and said to Caitlin regarding things that they wish they'd known before getting divorced. And as we've discussed on the show before... One of the reasons that I wrote my book is that so many people came up to me and said, I wish I knew than what I know now. So I put that all into a book. A lot of that's here in this article. Give us a few of them, Johnny. First one is treat your divorce like a business deal. And I know I've heard you say that many, many times. People can remember to keep the emotions out of it. They will have a smoother process. Yes. Another is try to have a good relationship with your ex. And this is one that I think is sometimes easier said than done. Yes. But uh, it can definitely help, especially if you have children. Speaking of which, it's one of them is don't be afraid to do it. Now, again, we always say we're not divorce mongers, but at the same time, this woman said, staying in a marriage for 22 years was such a waste of precious years, says Liz B. I was fearful of leaving my husband because he threatened that if I did, I would lose my daughter. Knowing now what I know about child custody, that would never have happened. My daughter deserved a better, calmer, and less chaotic home. Guys, educate yourselves. If you're not happy, don't just live in fear. Educate yourselves. We've got a lot of content on our It's Over Easy website. There's stuff out there. Go have a consultation with a lawyer. Find out the facts before you make a decision, and that decision is not to do anything. Another thing that's really interesting is they recommend you keep financial records. And I believe you have a really strong position on 
people who come into the divorce process ignorant of their finances and coming out the other end completely knowledgeable. Yes, you will find that information out. If you keep good records during your marriage, great. If you didn't, you're going to find out a lot of stuff that you probably didn't know when you were married. My favorite, generally, is there's love after divorce. Hmm. It doesn't matter your age or number of children. There are lots of good single people out there, says Aaron O. Women especially are told that once we become a certain age, we are no longer marriage material, whatever that is. Don't buy into that. If what you want is marriage again, then you will find it. Or you could be like our guest today, Betty Nordwin, who's been living with somebody for 29 years. And she seems... Pretty happy. Pretty, pretty yeah. damn happy. Speaking of dating after marriage, we have this article that was in the New York Times on Friday by Jonah Engel Bromwich. It is called, You Matched with Someone Really Great Online. This is her ghostwriter. This is a woman, Meredith Golden, who charges a couple thousand dollars a month, and she is your dating app ghostwriter. What, I mean, has the world come to that you now need a dating app ghostwriter? Well, it's come to the fact that people are on these dating apps, and they're just not getting the kind of feedback that they want, and so they're (laughs) getting desperate. So this woman... You know, say what you will about her, but she really, really helps people not only put the first dating app together, but then she actually corresponds with them. Don't ask me what happens when they finally eventually meet each other. Look, people will pay for anything. It's crazy. (laughs) For those people who can't afford to pay for anything, we have our next guest. Her name is Betty Nordwin. She is the executive director of the Harriet Buhai Center for Family Law. Stay tuned because she's super interesting. So you guys, over the holiday, I got this amazing pair of red plastic, like rubber galoshes from Just Fab. They sent them to me. I was so excited. And then, of course, as it does, it immediately started raining for like a week and a half. I was so psyched to be wearing my Just Fab red galoshes. They were like quilted, kind of Chanel-y looking. People were asking me about them everywhere I went. I was so into them. And I felt like I was a trendsetter because we all see trendsetters in magazines or on Instagram and think, I wish I could put together a look like that. Just Fab helped me do it myself. Now you can live up to your style potential and you don't have to break the bank doing it. Make this your most stylish year yet by becoming a VIP on JustFab.com. JustFab brings you everything that's new and trending in shoes, clothing, and accessories so you can look like a million bucks on your budget. Even if you don't know where to start, JustFab makes the entire shopping process fun and exciting with their very own style quiz. There are no wrong answers, just great style recommendations personalized just for you. You can shop as a guest or become a JustFab VIP. VIPs save up to 30% off on retail prices and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. I signed up as a VIP and I found everything I needed to live my best, most stylish life. I've never had so many options and I have a big closet, trust me. I just love that JustFab offers flexible memberships so each month you can choose to shop or skip. It's super easy. You shop when you want to. Listen up. Now is the time to sign up as a VIP because right now you'll get your first JustFab style for as low as $10. Just go to JustFab.com slash divorce to get this exclusive VIP offer. That's JustFab.com slash divorce to get your first style for just $10. JustFab.com slash divorce. Do it. You will not be sorry. As you know, there is a fascination with legal matters of high-profile, high-net-worth individuals, some of whom are even represented by my law firm. Almost every week, it seems there's some celebrity or billionaire with a new divorce story. And we spend time on this podcast discussing how It's Over Easy, the online divorce service, can help families who are not in the top 1% separate and divorce more amicably and cost-effectively. But what about those people who cannot afford either of those options? Today's episode of Divorce Sucks is about helping families from disadvantaged backgrounds through the divorce process. In L.A. County alone, there is a huge sector of underserved families who need help in the family law arena and who simply cannot even afford our less expensive offerings. So let me introduce you to the Harriet Buhai Center for Family Law. Harriet Buhai was an activist lawyer who started her career as a legal secretary and was encouraged to go to law school. We're talking about the 1970s and 80s. She helped people in draft resistance. She was definitely on the left side of the equation. She died prematurely from overwork 
And that uh, happened. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and women, Women Lawyers Association of Los Angeles decided it would be an honor to name our center, which was fledgling at the time, in her honor. Under the shepherding and supervision of our guest today, and with the help of volunteers and donations from the private sector, the Harriet Buhai Center provides free family law assistance and legal education to people from disadvantaged backgrounds. And the center strives to empower people in need by assuring them meaningful access to the courts. I am honored to introduce you all to the executive director of the Harriet Buhai Center for Family Law, my friend, Ms. Betty Nordwin Esquire. Welcome to Divorce Sucks, Betty. Thank you, Laura. Everybody asks me this because I've been working with Harriet Buhai for a long time, as you know, and everybody always says, who's Harriet Buhai? Okay, well, this is my short answer. Harriet Buhai was an activist lawyer who started her career as a legal secretary and was encouraged to go to law school. We're talking about the 1970s and 80s. She helped people in draft resistance. She was definitely on the left side of the equation. She died prematurely from overwork. And that uh, happens. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and women, women lawyers association of Los Angeles decided it would be an honor to name our center, which was fledgling at the time, in her honor. Got so, it. So we became the Harry Pui Center for Family Law. And but at the time, what was it called? Do you remember? It was called the Family Law Center. It was before I came, but the time frame was about 1982, and she died in 1984, I believe. Got it. And today, the work of the center stands as a testament to this dynamic woman who, in the words of our mutual friend, Judge Isabel Cohen, used her legal talents and, quote, gave them away free without reward, except that which comes inwardly to a person of values who does right in disregard of popular opinion and public appeal. And I would just like to tell our listeners, somebody like that sitting here with us today. (laughs) Tell us, Betty, we're going to get to you, but I want people to really understand what Harriet Buhai Center does and how it helps. Because as I said, the reason I created It's Over Easy is so that people that couldn't afford Wasser, Cooperman, and Mandel's very, very high retainer and and hourly fees could do it on their own, figure out what they needed, and get through the legal system. But as you and I both know, there are so many people who don't even hit that marker and are in such absolute, you know, devastating circumstances circumstances, and they really do need the help. Tell us how many people Harriet Buhai Center for Family Law serves. Okay. Well, before I do that, let me just go back one step and say, so the Harriet Buhai Center, formerly the Family Law Center, was formed by two women's bar associations, Black Women Lawyers and Women Lawyers of LA. They did it because in the early 1980s, the federal government pulled out their funding of free legal aid. And these two bar associations felt that women would be greatly impacted, particularly women trying to do something about domestic violence in their lives when domestic violence was still, you know, not the topic it is today. So that's our history of how we started. So the number of people we're serving a year in Los Angeles County is about 900. About 80 percent of them are women. Um, and that's just who's walking in the door. Of those, their income averages twelve hundred a month. Can you and, just think about that for a second, guys? Their income averages twelve hundred a month. And I mean, look, for a lot of people that I work with, not only as clients but as you know, partners and associates in my office, that's a pair of shoes. Right. Right. Not my pair of shoes. <laughs> and not not Betty's pair of shoes. My shoes. Anyway, though, but I mean, that's that's a month. That's to feed their kids. That's right. a, that's for rent. That's for whatever insurance, gas, bus fare, food, everything. everything. Right. So that's who we're serving. So them. they don't have money to pay for a lawyer or mm-hmm. even an online divorce service. So they're walking right. into you guys in the most dire circumstances. And a lot of times they really need to get out of these marriages. Right. And and, and some people are not married, but they're in very bad circumstances nonetheless. So tell us a little bit what the center does. Well, we describe it on our website as well as in person as, you know, we're dealing with the most personal and important legal problems an individual can face having to do with their personal safety, the well-being of their children, and their economic security. Um, 
we were formed as Overeasy um, to help people do it themselves. Mm-hmm. That that is our basic model that we were started. We at the time they started Harry Buey Center, they did not believe there would be enough volunteer lawyers to help everyone and that the need would far exceed. They were right about that. So we were set up to essentially help people get through the the court system themselves by instructing them on each part of the process, by letting them ask questions so when they filled out the form. So that is how we started. And we started in what was called clinics, very small groups, about five or six people, a couple of volunteers, all of whom were lawyers. I've been to some of those clinics. Right. I've, t- I've worked with some of those people. And right. I will also say this, and this is what we say with It's Over Easy, too. Although we don't have clinics, we help people online kind of be the masters of their own destiny, right. filling out those forms. Some of these people, often women, that are just so beaten down, when you actually teach them how to do what needs to be done and explain to them what it will be like when they go to court and stand in front of a judge officer, that little bit of power and knowledge is so huge for them, it actually gets them right on that road to their next chapter. I mean, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, but it gives them the kind of strength and and confidence that they really need. And it's so, so amazing to be part of that. No, I I agree completely because I remember when I came to the center, which was 87, um, I I didn't know this model. It had, it was already set up, and I came from a very traditional lawyers go to court with everybody. And I was I remember because we had a survey questionnaire, and the question would be, "How do you feel about doing the work yourself?" And I was really blown away by the answers. People said, "I feel important. I feel like I'm finally doing something." Um, it was. It was. I, I. At first, I thought, you know, it was. There were canned answers or something. So I. I agree with you completely, and and that's still, you know, the basis of what we're doing is to empower people with information. We've changed a lot over the years. Um, because the self-help model has really taken on a life of its own. Um, we might have pioneered it, but the courts now have a, their own version of self-help with, without providing actual legal advice, other legal aid programs. But, you know, we're still very much uh, – it, it's very important that people understand the process and – you know, really weigh in on the decision making. And do you think that that actually does help them resolve things on their own? Once they understand the process, once you've taken the advocate or the third party out of it, and they're actually forced to kind of deal with either each other or a judge, do you think in some instances, it enables people to get it resolved? I I think so, because they have a more realistic understanding of the of what they're up against. Because if if you go to court yourself, and you're missing work, or you're getting childcare for your kid. I mean, you understand that this is not, you know. You got to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what kind of clients or people use the services of the center. Well, as I said, I mean, there's a profile, and it's you know, as I said, somewhere between seventy to eighty percent of the people who come to us are women. Um, they they do break down into several kind of subgroups. One one group that we're really um, proud that we are helping are older women. When I say older, myself <laughs> being quite a bit older, um, I would say I'm defining that. Excuse your audience as just people who let's say, 45 and above. Receive their ARP cards in the mail, perhaps? <laughs> is that a good cutoff? Um, and, uh, and why is that, do you think? Well, because there are certain things legally that we are doing that other legal aid programs are not doing. And the two things that we point to is we, for many years, um, have been helping people divide pensions. Okay. And I want to put a plug in for two or three 
lawyers who are specialists in, in pensions, one of whom is Louise Nixon. Yes. Uh, a fellow named Roger Halfhide. Yes. And the third person was Linda Mora, who is no longer practicing. With their help, um, when, you're, when you're low income, you don't have a lot of assets. But the two assets or, that you might have are you might own a home and one or both of the married couple, particularly the husband, may have a pension. You know, whether it's a Teamsters pension through Ralph's, whether it's CalPERS through the state, and those have a lot of value. And so, as I said, with the help of the three volunteers and our own staff, for years we've been able to divide pensions. Um, and that only... That only accrues when you've been married a while. Right. I mean, it only has value when it's – we set our limit as a floor as 10 years. The other thing is houses. And so now, particularly because the real estate market in L.A. is so crazy, you know, you could have people who bought a house in Compton for 23000 in 1974. That's now worth 500000 mm-hmm. And our client's entitled to half the equity. Right. And somebody's got to be doing that legal work. And right. as you know from your practice, you know it, 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 it's not a you know it's not a walk in the park. Right. You, you really do need somebody with some legal training and background. Right. So that's one group of people, and I have many stories of many women. Sometimes we have a male has been in the same situation. They generally are women in which they came in with 800 a month social security some really bad health problem like heart you know diabetes and you know we ended up you know they ended up getting a monthly portion of a calpers pension they ended up getting retroactive money from the pension because they had gotten screwed out of two years worth of not getting it um and and you know it it gives us great joy to see people's income shoot up from 800 a month to 2400 a month. So that's one group. Another group is people who have um who are younger who for one reason or another have a very complicated custody case, may have been in children's court, mm-hmm. may have been a victim of domestic violence, but the child welfare system said they didn't protect the children enough so they finished their case and they come to us. So there's kind of a, a younger population right. that we're also with helping. small children. With, with smaller children, younger children, yeah. Mm-hmm. And ne- unlike maybe when the center was started, now there's a, I mean, back then it was the black women lawyers and women lawyers. Now there's a huge Hispanic population, correct? Would you say that the majority of the clients are Hispanic? Um, approximately 60%. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. It, our statistics, yes, reflect L.A. We're doing some particular outreach, as you and I have discussed, um, to African-American uh, low-income persons. Um, uh, and we, we do have some other outreach of groups that we're just trying to reach, such as community college students. Okay. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and tell us, this is something you've been working on for a while, that other programs at the center, starting from the bottom on our list here of Mothers Behind Bars, because I just, I think it's so interesting. I know it's been a huge, huge cause celeb for you, Betty, for many mm-hmm. years. So tell us about the other ones and, and that one. Okay, well, one, like I said, one of the things we're proud of is I, for a long time I thought that the community colleges would be a good place for us to be partners with because you've got generally low-income persons, not everybody, striving to improve their lives. and But they can encounter domestic violence, custody fights, pretty hard to concentrate on your schoolwork, if you're worried that your kid's going to be taken to Nevada by the other parent. So for a long time, we've been at El Camino, which is in Torrance. We've been at ELAC, which is in East L.A., LACC, which is on Vermont, and to a lesser degree, Southwest College on Imperial. Now we just got a grant from the S. Mark Taper Foundation um, to shore up that program so that we, because we've been doing it on as what I call fumes. Right. Um, So we go out to the colleges 
in coordination with certain offices at the campus. The students are signed up for appointments. They start their process there. Okay. Then they do have to come to our office because we, we don't have that ability. Right. But it makes it much more accessible. And if you are a community college student, you know, let's say mom or dad who's, um, you know, working because you're on welfare and they you have a work requirement and you're going to campus and, you know, using public transportation. The thought of getting on a bus or whatever and getting to our office is more so we make it available right on their campus. And I'm very pleased with that program. You asked me about incarcerated women. You are correct. When you were on the board, we started that program teaching at the women's jail. Same principle that you and I have been talking about, which is the program is motivated by the fact that if women in jail understood more what the courts expect of them to get their kids back and, you know, why the courts would um, essentially not give them their kids back, um, that they would be in a position to do more for the for themselves. Okay, that's been the guiding principle of that entire program. So we have three classes. The first one is about the child welfare system, and they can ask questions. It's a very interactive class. The second is about domestic violence because women who are incarcerated are victims of abuse and um, violence from basically the time they were born. They are just born into a dysfunctional family. Right. And that's really what separates them from other low-income women like our the, uh, clients who come into the Harry B.Y. Center or community college. They are just, they don't have a chance from the day they're born, okay? I mean, and there's a pattern that, you know, by the time they're like five or six, they've been probably sexually abused as a child. By the time they're 14, they've got, you know, some batterer boyfriend or something. So by the time they're 18, they're using drugs and, you know, they're starting to steal because that's how you support your drug habit. Anyway... Um, so the classes are very rewarding and, um, we're very, that's, this has been a joint, it's been underwritten by the Sheriff's Department. And more recently, um, we've helped people individually when they get out. And most recently we've been working on the issue of where the new women's jail is going to be, um, because it has been originally uh, planned to be in Lancaster in a, pl- in a facility called Mira Loma, which is 90 minutes from anywhere people would consider down central L.A. Right. And, and all of the research and literature about women and the ch- their chances of uh, staying out of jail have to do with keeping their ties with their kids. So right. when you move them... 90 minutes away without any public transportation to speak of, you are like just really <laughs> putting, putting a, a, you know, a kebab on, on. Not a kebab, a kibosh. A kibosh would be you. a good thing, but you could kebab. <laughs> a kibosh, thank you. Or a damper. <laughs> yeah, damper, whatever. So anyway, I could talk it's around about lunch. It. Betty's getting hungry. She wants a kebab. <laughs> so, but it's working. I mean, is it working? Are we helping people? Are you helping people not only from the jail projects, which it sounds like you are, if, the, if you're getting the funding from the sheriff's department and you are seeing people going through the system, getting out, reuniting with kids, getting custody, you are helping some of these women and men, because I know the center helps men as well. I don't yeah. want to turn off any of right. our male listeners. We do help men, particularly with regard to custody, because one thing that the center is really good at doing is taking the norm and applying it to people who maybe not be the norm. So coming in and Correct. saying, my wife has my kids, she doesn't give me any time with them, etc. If you're a dad, they're going to help you too at the Harriet P. High yes. Center for Family Law. Right. And we, I should mention, we um, also just uh, have a, a new person who's a fellow under the Equal Justice Works Program, which is uh, a, a fellowship for new law graduates. It's a veterans program, and it's specifically for veterans for with custody problems, the majority of whom are, are men. men. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. se habla español. Made your resolutions but need a bit more inspiration? Start your new year with a big idea, or three, by listening to an audiobook. 
Penguin Random House Audio produces audiobooks that range from self-help and inspiring listens to classic novels and the latest bestsellers. Download Dare to Lead, written and read by Brene Brown, and hear how to transform creative ideas into bold actions. Learn to let go of fear and take risks with Brave, Not Perfect, written and read by Girls Who Code founder Rishma Saujani. Or get in a few laughs alongside advice on how to love yourself and love your life from the Fab Five of Netflix Queer Eye. Visit PenguinRandomHouseAudio.com slash self-care for more listening suggestions to keep your New Year's resolutions going strong. That's PenguinRandomHouseAudio.com slash self-care. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. Podcast One and the Direct Message Network are bringing you your favorite new shows. Turn into Just Between Us with Bailey Madison and Caitlin Villasuso as the sisters and actresses navigate the ups and downs of life together while talking to their industry friends. And on Now What with Jessica Graff, the Big Brother contestant and winner of The Amazing Race joins hubby Cody Nixon as they navigate life after reality TV and the new waters of parenthood. Check out Just Between Us and Now What with Jessica Graff wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to the Divorce Sucks Podcast. I'm your host, attorney Laura Wasser, and the creator of the online divorce service, It's Over Easy. I'm also a patron of the Harriet Puhi Center for Family Law in Los Angeles. And as a baby lawyer, I spent many days volunteering at the center under the guidance and mentorship of our guest today, Betty Nordwin, the executive director, and the woman who expanded the organization from two staff members, a handful of volunteers back in the 1980s, to the vitally important stalwart nonprofit that it is today. Betty has dedicated her career to providing legal services to those who lack resources. The center's pioneering methods of self-help assistance empower people in need, making them a full partner in the effort to present their cases in court. And the successes of the center's program has led to its adaptation by other institutions and agencies in Los Angeles. I'm certain that some of what I learned from you went into It's Over Easy, particularly the empowerment, what I always say is, you know, master of your own destiny. Good. They're the sole free legal services provider in L.A. County that routinely protects and divides marital homes and retirement plans, thereby preserving the only wealth a low-income individual may have. Betty is the esteemed recipient of the 2014 California State Bar Lauren Miller Legal Services Lifetime Achievement Award for a long-term commitment to legal services and the significant work she's done to extend those services to the poor and underserved. Betty is also responsible for creating the largest and most effective provider of legal services in California for low-income people with family and domestic violence problems. And she is the designer of the innovative self-help model for self-represented litigants that uses volunteer family law attorneys to develop strategies and then prepare court paperwork to train these folks so they can effectively advocate for themselves in court. Betty, what about you? Do you feel you were born to do what you're doing now? You've been at it for a long time. I did not have any lawyers in my family. So I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't born thinking I'm going to be a lawyer. And um, I knew I wanted to help people. That was kind of my interest. And that goes back to probably, you know, when I was in middle school and high school. Um, But in college, as I was graduating, I started looking at social work jobs um, and without a master's. And I, I, I was surprised that I didn't, for me, it wasn't the right fit. So at the time, which is now the late 60s, Women weren't going to law school in law numbers, but I happened to run into two people, both of whom were women, and it kind of, a light bulb went off, and I, without much ado, applied, not doing a very good job of preparing for the LSAT, which is the test, and I found myself in law school. And the rest is history. Well, take us further back. I know that the FBI came to visit (laughs) and the New York City Police Department came to visit your high school class. Well, they didn't come to visit my high school class. Okay. I'm really trying to remember because it is a little dusty. But one day when I was home on sick, 
the um, my we got a knock at our family residence, and it was I think it was at that point. I get things mixed up. One was either the NY Police Department. I had written a letter to maybe the New York Times or the captain of a police station. I can't even remember complaining about police brutality. That this is in the what. This is like when I was in high school. Which is the 60s? 60s, okay. right, right, okay. right. So they wanted to see if I was part of any kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say, underground, because they didn't use the word terrorist right. in those days. Right. So they were just like really... The underground what, dissension what, movement. Right, right. Was this kid really doing this on her own? So they went to your house on the day you were sick? Yeah, but they didn't know I was going to... Okay. Anyway, so that happened, and then separate and apart... There was something in New York State having to do with the Seneca Indians. Okay. And I wrote a letter to J- Jacob Javits, who was then the New York senator. And some something happened. I can't remember whether they called my house or something. But he's poor parents. They're like, oh, yeah. God, it's another, it's another fed for Betty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's how I got. But it's interesting because there is a photo that was used for the State Bar Award in which if you I when I looked at it really closely. And again, that's me in high school. Right. I had a picture of the U.S. Supreme Court on my bulletin board. Which bo- most high school students have. Don't have. Not. Right, right, right. <laughs> Okay, so are we are we big fans of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? We're big fans. Big of, fans. Yeah, big fans. Okay. Of All right, and what about? I mean, growing up in New York City during the Vietnam War, civil rights movement. Yeah. I mean, you were right at the epicenter of everything that Correct. was going on, and you think that possibly yes. mm-hmm. pushed yes. you in this direction? I think yes, I do, and I, you know, I think my parents' values, which were very good. Um, and, you know, I grew up in a household that was always concerned about other people. That was kind of the the underlying message, whether it's people who work for us in the house or in the you know, community at large. So, yeah, I think it's hard to know. I don't know if you remember this, but I read somewhere you mentioned taking the LSAT. You took it on April 4th, 1968, which was the day that MLK – was it before or after you took the LSAT? It was after we came out and we found that oh, out. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. So. What an interesting way to kind of have your entrance into law school. Right. So where, where you went to the University of Law School of uh, Colorado. Col- right. And then you were working. What, what was happening in Colorado? How did you get from New York to Colorado? I wanted to get away from my family. <laughs> okay. Uh, New York. Okay. Um, I had, Jeff nodding I had, his head. <laughs> I had good friends who I had met who were from Denver. Okay. Um, I had ended up for various reasons one summer in Aspen, which is a very impressive place, particularly when it was um, less developed. So I just applied to the University of Colorado. And how did you make your way out to California? My brother lived here. Mm-hmm. My brother had young kids. I was in Massachusetts. I went from New York to Colorado to Massachusetts to California. The situation I was in in Massachusetts was was private practice, and it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So a friend suggested I start looking at jobs offered through the state bar website and wasn't website then publicity and i the harriet buhai job was advertised and i applied got it boy are they lucky guys it's only a few weeks till valentine's day for some of us that means it's time to bathe in some self-love what better way to treat yourself than fab fit fun if you haven't heard about it yet fab fit fun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty fitness and lifestyle products the winter editor's box is absolutely you guessed it fab it retails for $49.99 but it always has a value of over about $200 it has skincare from glam glow kate somerville dr brandt anthropology and juice beauty Fashion items from Vince Camuto, Bear Paw, Free People, Michael Stars, Trina Turk, and Millie. Beauty products from Tarte, Moroccan Oil, Beauty Blender, Oscar Blandi, and Zoya. That winter editor's box is available now, but sign up fast because they sell out quick. And trust me, you don't want to miss this box. This could be what you're doing on Valentine's Day. 
Check out www.fabfitfun.com and use my code DIVORCE at checkout to save 10% off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code DIVORCE and you get a break. Remember, you deserve to treat yourself. FabFitFun. Many of you guys in the audience may have no idea what it's like not to have a safe place to live and raise your kids. Well, some of you may know exactly what that's like. And to you, I am sorry and hope that we can help you. Some of the reasons I support and my firm supports the Harriet Buhai Center for Family Law, it's because they help give a voice to people who are victimized and to their children. Um, Betty, tell us how the needs of low-income families like domestic violence, extreme poverty, some of the immigration stuff, other pervasive conditions impact people and families that come to the center. Give me, I, I, look, every time I go, and I know there aren't as many of them, but any of the events, we hear a story. And there have mm-hmm. been, I mean, really, really bad stories. People are living in their cars. People have broken bones. I mean, they really are living in fear, poverty. They feel like there's absolutely no way out. Tell us some of the things that you guys are able to do to help. Okay. Well, I, I want to just introduce it by saying that I, I think that the first thing we offer people, and again, it may be my, you know, modesty aside, my leadership, I think that we communicate to people that we care about them and that we respect them. And I think that's not something you can necessarily be taught in law school, but I think because of my background and my family and, you know, how I was raised, I think I, I communicate that. I think it, it ripples through our entire agency, our staff, our volunteers. So I think when people come in and they immediately feel they're not just a number mm-hmm. and we're not going through the motions because we have a paycheck and it's, you know, they're getting paid, that immediately, you know, <laughs> increases their their sense of wellness a lot <laughs> um, because they do come in depressed and beaten and desperate and scared and I would say uniformly feeling like they're disrespected. So that's kind of where we start and, and that's the, you know, that's like, you know, a recipe where the ingredient is, you can't describe it. Right. But but it, it I can't even, people, when they give us feedback, they say, you know, you treated me, there's a quote we have from one of our clients who said, you know, you treated me as if I was the only person in the world. Wow. Right. You know, really impressive. And the second thing is we try to do, you know, I've always as a lawyer, because my history is with overall legal services, I've always felt that they are entitled to the same quality of lawyering as a client in your firm, even if we can't do all the things that you could do in litigation with money. So we try to do a good thorough assessment and we are now at the point of trying to sort of uh, choose, pick the cases where we think we can help them in a way the other legal aid programs may not be able to. So we, we, we refer out people who the other legal aid programs are fully capable right. of handling, and we keep the ones. So we've developed, as I said, some expertise in certain things such as the houses and the pensions, and we do a lot of referrals. You know, we do referrals to domestic violence shelters. Um, we do referrals to mental health providers. Um, we do immigration referrals. Um, and if you'd like a couple, I mean, you asked me, I don't know if you'd like a couple of examples. Yes. You know, so um, a couple, two come to mind. So um, without, of course, mentioning names, like we have a, a woman who's probably right now, if I, if I had a guess, like maybe 40, she has a very severely disabled child who's about 10 on 24-hour care with all kinds of tubes and stuff, and a mm. teenager, and she lives in a rural part of L.A. County. And her husband, there had been domestic violence. She may have had a lawyer, but somehow she came to us with the husband being out of the house. He was paying for certain utilities and stuff, but basically afraid that he was going to sell the house from under her because there was a probate case. So what we have done in our little world, which really started last summer, is we got her into court with lawyers, free lawyers, who got her some new support orders, much 
clearer and better. Mm -hmm. We got her lawyers who were handling the probate case, which Mm -hmm. is in danger of kind of literally pulling the rug out from under her. And we got her lawyers... The lawyer at the beginning helped get a restraining order for her. So that, you know, she's not finished with her case yet, but she's a whole lot better off than she was. She's got support. She's got custody because the custody was not really adjudicated when that, and she's got legal representation in this probate matter. So I think that's a pretty comprehensive way. Yes. The other case, and I referred to these kind of cases earlier. You know, there's a woman, like I said, she came into us, this is a few years ago, but again, very similar to other cases, where she had had a heart transplant and was getting Social Security of $800 a month because that was her Social Security and that's tied into your work history. And, you know, we again ended up getting her a great deal more. Her husband had left her. Uh, had started taking his pension. Uh, She was entitled to not only the ongoing pension under California law, but also a retroactive set of lump sum payments. So, you know, we're we're still working on it, but the basic, she's got, you know, her support is now 2,400 a month. We did a wage assignment on his social security because it wasn't being paid in any other way. So, As you can hear, listeners, this isn't this footloose and fancy free people coming in to get their free legal services. I know that I've done a lot of fundraising for the center. Yes, you have. They used to put me up on stage at the events. They'd be like, go put her up there and she'll ask. She was a terrific fundraiser. (laughs) They they called me the shake your money maker girl. Now nobody wants to see that. But anyway, (laughs) what what I did sometimes encounter, I mean, the family law community here in Southern California is kind of close knit. and, And also we um, are are a wealthy bar. That being said, once you go out, and we also have been all, I think, pretty generous with the family law, with the lower income and nonprofits, right. family law center, etc. However, when you go outside of that bar and you start asking folks for money, you often get there's so many, so many causes that I want to give to, and there's there's sick kids, and there's environmental, and there's this. Why would I give money so that people can get divorced? I mean, this isn't you know a bunch of Beverly Hills housewives sitting around and figuring who their next victim's going to be. These are people that Betty just described. They're in these situations. And as I've said so often in the past, divorce is happening. Now we have to help them get through the divorce. This isn't, they really need to move on, get through next chapters, figure out a way to pay their rent or mortgage or food or medical bills. And so tell us, Betty, I mean, I'm going to say to you all out there listening, if you're, you know, in your car or your apartment or your villa and you're listening to this podcast, it's time to make a donation. The way that you can do that is at www.hbcfl.org and just click make a donation. We'd love you to volunteer your time. We'd love you to get interested, but make a donation. If you've gone through the divorce process, if you're going through the divorce process, if ever listening to the Divorce Sucks podcast has helped you at all uh, in terms of educating you or enlightening you or making you feel better, this is how you give back, folks, to somebody who's not as fortunate as you to the Harriet Puy Center for Family Law. We need definitely volunteers in terms of the social work, in terms of the marketing, in terms of PR, and in terms of attorneys. Betty, anything else you want to tell us that is important before we get to the interrogatories? Because they're coming. Okay. <laughs> I do want to go on record of thanking you, Laura, because you you were fantastic. And I say you still are, but you were when you were on our board. You, Laura was... One of two in all my years, which is now getting up to 32 fundraisers. There's a corner in L.A. that I call the $100,000 corner because <laughs> Laura called me up. I was in my car and essentially told me she had gotten a donation of $100,000. I have no idea what I had to do to get that money to saying, okay? <laughs> but I, I want to say that... Um, Laura has got a wonderful heart, and um, I, I think that the basis of Overeasy is a really great idea to get as many people, you know, settling their own disputes, understanding what they're doing. It's it's a it's a great idea. Thank you, thank you for that. 
Okay, so we're still doing the interrogatories. You yeah, thought no. you were getting That's out from okay. under them. Okay. That's okay. So on Divorce Sucks, there comes a point in every episode where we are compelled to do a little interrogation, and we call these the Divorce Sucks interrogatories. So, Betty Nordwin, are you divorced, married, or single? Well, you don't have a category living together. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's true. Okay. Are you are you cohabiting? I am cohabiting. Happily cohabiting. Hab- I, after this morning and a lot of arguments <laughs> about throwing out magazines I wasn't supposed to and keys get, being given and lost, <laughs> I don't know about that. But um, I have been living with someone for roughly 29 years. So Bam. I, yeah. Did you hear that, guys? Okay. I like that. That makes me happy. What's your favorite breakup song? Okay. Well, I had, a, as I said, I'm glad you... I had a little time. Okay, Janis Joplin, me and Bobby McGee. The feeling good was easy now when he sang the blues. The feeling good was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Good enough for me and my Bobby McGee. Nice. And what would you say to tear up a friend going through a breakup? Not a client of the center. This is a buddy. Right. right. I would say just there is a future and you will feel better and happier sometime. Okay, sometime. Sometime. Eventually. Eventually. What romantic comedy could you watch on repeat? Well, I thought about that too, and I do remember my family being in Miami and watching Some Like It Hot and just being rolling in the aisles because we thought it was so funny. That so, it is Some funny. Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. Okay. Betty, thank you for joining us today on Divorce Sucks. Tell us how people who might need the services of the Harriet Buhai Center or who might want to contribute in some way, tell us again how they can reach you. Okay. Well, the public appointment line is by phone, 213-388-7515. That's for appointments. And to make donations, it's www.hbcfl.org. Make a donation. Yeah, you just click right on make a donation. Yeah, right. And uh, if you'd like to speak to someone about volunteering or any or your interest in being on our board of directors, that number is a different number. That's 213-388-7505 and just hit zero. That's it for today, folks. Divorce sucks, but the legal part of it doesn't always have to destroy you, your family, or decimate your bank account, no matter how big or small it is. Dissolution and custody matters are the great equalizers, and having done this for a while, not as long as Betty, I have come to realize that everybody has the same issues. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much power you have, you're always afraid you're never going to see your child, you're not going to have a date, whether it's for the Oscars or the firm Christmas party, and you don't know if you're going to be able to live the same lifestyle that you lived before. It doesn't have to be that way, and to find out how, keep listening and follow us at It's Over Easy on social media. We're disrupting the conversation about outdated ideas and want to hear your thoughts and questions. So let us know what you think by rating us wherever you get your podcasts and keep on listening. And we'll be back next Monday with more Divorce Sucks. Thanks.